Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today is the absolutely fantastic Jojo. Hello, Jojo. How did you, Graham? Jojo, we're doing all right. We're doing all right, you know, enjoying what may come of this week, right? Because what else can we do? We're right. here. And uh, take it as we, it comes. We, yeah, we have no option but to do our thing. <laughs> Now, what is our thing? That's a question for a completely different day, isn't it? Yeah, yes, yes, it is. I'm glad we're not trying to answer that today. I'm no, we're, that. Not, we're, not, yeah. we're not going to get into all that. <laughs> we don't have time to get into all of that. I promise you we don't. All right. <laughs> so, my friends, today we are discussing a series. And it is a Netflix series. We've, we've done quite a bit of Netflix lately, but Netflix has been putting out some stuff that are worth talking about. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, we sometimes will talk about series that we're not entirely 100% behind. But this is not about us. You know, we tell you why we think you should watch a show. And um, that, that's what we intend to do today because it's definitely not going to be as likable a show as Squid Game, which was our, our the one we did last week, right? Agreed. Agreed. At least in my case. Yeah, but, but at the same time, it is important to take a look at this show because we'll be talking about it and I'll tell you why. So the show we're talking about is called Midnight Mass. And... This is a show that generated a lot of buzz before it actually dropped on Netflix because it was one of the one of the biggest announcements uh, from Netflix last month as to what is coming next month. And based on the on the trailer, I think people made it out to be something they thought it would be and it it it, it turns out to be something completely different. Yes. So Yes. Do do you think here the trailer may have intentionally misled people or people just took an idea and ran away with it and 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 now are are being disappointed? I think the trailer was kind of a, a red herring on purpose. I think I think they did that on purpose. And I think that the um because the creator of this is the one who created the haunting of of Bly Manor and I forget the other one, but it was a very, very, very popular series on Netflix. A lot of people were excited to see this one because of that. And this one is very different from those, I would say thematically, I guess is the way to put it. Yeah. So there's two things for me with the trailer is that it's one of those things where people could tell you, well, I didn't lie to you. I just didn't tell you the truth. Right. Like, right, right. I didn't tell I you mean, the whole truth. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, technically, I didn't lie to you. I just omitted some things. And I think also the synopsis of the show 
kind of throws you off. Yes. Because it, it, it doesn't go deep enough into what it's about, but rather some of the characters like, oh, a young, a disgraced young man came back to town and then a young charismatic priest came to town and you know, that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, but this show actually touches on, on things that are way more profound than, than what, what is expected of it. And I think that's what might be disappointing to most people is that the expectation was this was going to be a, a gory sort of like suspense horror mix, especially because it's dropping in October and there was going to be a lot of uh, entertaining but scary stuff happening with it. But this is an incredibly dialogue-heavy show. Very much so. And that's where the sauce is to me, right? In the dialogue. I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm, I've always been a dialogue dude. As you can see, I talk a lot. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know that that is actually true, though, because I know plenty of people that talk a lot, but they don't want to hear anybody else talk. They just want to hear themselves. So that, that just that's... <laughs> <laughs> just, there's a bit of that, you know. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, when when I'm watching a show that is dialogue heavy, it, it allows me to concentrate because whenever a gratuitous violence is happening and you know mm -hmm. things are blowing up, I I kind of take the time to kind of roll through, scroll through my phone because you know I can just hear things. Mm -hmm. But but when a dialogue is happening, especially dialogues that are as profound and as meaningful uh, as those that are sustained in this show, I pay attention. And so let's sort of like dissect this show a little bit, Jojo. Okay. And you are on the camp of, eh, I didn't like it that much, right? Yes. Whereas I'm in the camp of, I actually ended up liking this show and... And I can see through it. So let's just put it out there for, for, for our audience in the, you know, doing the best that you can to, to, to synopsize it. And then we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. What do you say? That sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> I'll do my best. All right. All right. So Midnight Mass is about, it's a, it's a supernatural horror. And it is about a very small isolated community and they are isolated in that they are quite literally an island of people and we have a sort of a prodigal son if you will who comes home after a prison stint and at the same time a priest shows up on the island as a sort of a replacement priest for their older priest who had 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 stepped away for a bit and uh he starts really getting into the 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 mass and he's very uh charismatic in that he's giving you know these fabulous sermons and and he's bringing people to the church and causing the excitement of some of the the more devout uh catholics if you will in the town and uh, then there's some very miraculous things start happening 
And there's some suspicion on some people's part and some pure excitement on other people's part. And then the story just kind of goes from there as to where exactly is all this good stuff coming from? Is it from a good source? Is it from a bad source? What 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 is happening? So um, I think that's kind of the best I can do without completely giving everything away. <laughs> Yeah, we try and stay away from the spoilers. Yeah. Even though I personally don't believe in spoilers. You can tell me an entire story and I'll go watch it for myself. I'll, I'll tell <laughs> you, honestly, I don't think that I can talk about the reason why I have a, a little bit of an issue with this show without giving something away completely. So I, I'll, I'll tell that, say that right at the beginning, folks, if you're listening to this and you, you are spoiler sensitive then i'm probably going to give something away so yeah i mean but we do have to talk about this show because again as you said you have to make your case as to why you know you've got a bit of a problem with it but yes so so let me let me start by basically prefacing what i think about about this show and where i think people who are looking for wild entertainment will be disappointed with it. One, this show, it finds itself actually discussing the intersectionality of evil and good. And the way it goes about it is that it refers to both of these sides of the coin as opinions. So what we think is bad and what we think is good is are just stuff. And the only thing that gives them an actual characteristic is that we've been told that I this thing is bad, this thing is good. So at the end of the day, good and bad are stories that we tell ourselves, are justifications we create for what we do and, and the way we go about them. Yep. Because... From the beginning of times, and it actually takes a moment to explain very superficially, but to explain even the origin of most religious faiths. It's, it's, it's human's inability to explain supernatural stuff, to, to not having enough data to explain why things are happening. So it is important to come up with a certain fable and and go with it. <laughs> and those who are seeking explanation, they will then view the ones who come up with the explanation as leaders, as white, as wise men and, and sorcerers and stuff like that. And that puts you in a position of power. That puts you in a position of power. That's what priesthood is all about. And, and, and it also talks a little bit about a time where the church did, did not have leaders, a time where the church was literally a, a commune, a, a, a community, right? So, so all of that is happening here. But the conclusion, the mass of this story is precisely this, that we have made of ourselves, we have told ourselves a story of who we are and what we are and the importance that we have placed on ourselves by completely denying that we are dust, that we are literally, literally pieces, 
very little pieces of dust that floated for billions and billions of years <laughs> until we somehow ended up on this rock that is this planet. And with everything that happens within it, we became shaped with life. And, and that's, that in itself is, is a completely different thing. But we talk, we have invented the whole idea of having an ether and a soul. And, and, and we have given ourselves, a, we have placed an importance on life itself that at the end of the day, death demonstrate to us that we are nothing, we were nothing, and we will go back to being absolutely nothing. So so this is my kind of like complex explanation <laughs> explanation of it. And I I'm half expecting Jojo to come back and say, nigga, I don't know what the hell you were watching. <laughs> Because she's done that before. <laughs> 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 but, okay, Georgia, what do you think? <laughs> so, um, I, oh boy, uh, I, d I do think we watched the same show, so don't, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Okay, Lisa, but, yeah. that's good. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the idea of, and I, you know, I, I, I don't know how common or uncommon this is because I'm, I'm not a horror buff by any means, but I enjoyed the idea of religion being a really core theme of this horror and not just religion, but the fact that the person who wrote it was obviously, at least to me, pretty well educated in the Catholic faith and in the Bible and in, you know, other, other themes of, of Christianity. And I, I enjoyed the dialogue heavy parts. I, I enjoyed the dialogue more than most other things in it. My issue with it is when the, the, the thing happens and is sort of revealed the, I could not suspend belief enough to believe that the town would have no idea. And here comes a spoiler folks, but would have no idea of vampirism before that. This was just a thing that, that suddenly happened. And I felt like that that could have been a way to sort of explore some crises of faith, some, uh, a little bit deeper, more in the, in the, in a metaphysical sense of, of like, I've been following this my whole life thinking it was this and it was actually that. Does that make sense? It does make sense, but I, I do think that there is an explanation for this. Okay. And, and, and it is very apropos that the entire thing takes place in an island because the it island is. here, is. the island here suggests also not a physical island, but but what happens to 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 our bubbles as society? Yes, right. The you have, for instance, you still have people out there who believe, despite all evidence, that the twenty twenty elections were stolen. 
Yes. Yes. Right? We're rigged. Yes. Yeah. And, and you have people who are still expecting Donald Trump to be reinstated as president of the United States any point right now. Right. And so the thing about, you know, I know you know this, but the thing about believing in something without question will do that to you. Because once you go into that deep into believing in something, you are on an island by yourself. You are isolated. Your mind just can conceive the one thing in which you believe. And I know what you're saying. I know, in fact, I found the idea of the thing becoming a vampire theme type of thing incredibly cliche. Yeah. And I'm like, so this is really what they're coming up with? Yeah. Especially, especially those things that are so common in vampirism. Like, yes. yo, don't step out in the light and shit. Yeah. Yo, let me take a look at your neck. <sighs> this is so dope and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, I was kind of frustrated with that. I, I actually wanted something a bit more sophisticated than that. Yeah. But I can also see the part where this show in itself, in terms of dialogue, in terms of the theme of the topic itself, is so sophisticated that the author decided, I'm going to dumb down at least this part of it and, and make it something that, that people can wrap their minds around. Because there are a lot more, especially in terms of the dialogue, in terms of the very little subtle things that take place here that it will take it will take us a while to to sort of get to for instance again we talk we i begin i began by talking about the intersectionality of faith right it is it is so purposeful that the sheriff is a muslim yes in a town that is predominantly predominantly roman catholic yes and but at the same time it is it is it is purposeful when it shows also that despite all the piety people just can't bring themselves to fully love another human being who expresses different expresses and subscribes to different ideas and faiths and creed than theirs and, and at the end of the day right the ultimate plan for anyone of any faith is proselytizing. It's evangelizing. Mm -hmm. This is how conquest happens. This is how slavery happened. This is how this, the evangelizing is the pretext for everything that happened in from, 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 from kingdoms to slavery, to, to conquistadors, to, to colonialism, that's it. It's a question of so long as you are, I can consider you an other. So long that I can consider that you worship another God, I cannot trust you. And therefore, I have to keep you under my thumb. And that is Beverly King right there. Yes. That is the perfect example of, of Beverly King. And, and I think somebody actually... In, in one of those dialogues, described Beverly 
in a nutshell, you just can't stand the idea that the God that you worship, the God for whom you have maintained this holiness and sanctity, loves me as much as he loves you. Yeah. That he will not go any further than that. <laughs> yeah. You, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they were fanatics. That's, that's, that's all I see. Fanatics. And there were only, I think, two people here besides the sheriff that weren't fanatics. They were, they, they had rationale and they could go about things. One who actually, I think, meshed perfectly the idea of faith in science and reality, which was the girl. And then you have Riley, who, like me, having known what he knew from the moment he was born, came upon some truths and said, okay, all what I knew before is bullshit. Right? Yep. Yep. So this is why this show for me is, like, I ended up liking it because it wasn't, and, and I don't find that this show is making an argument for any side. I, I think this show is just, as you said, this is a, a, someone who is very well educated in religion. And I, I, I think when he decided to write this show, it wasn't with the idea of cheapening the faiths, but rather showing you the true colors of faith, if you will. And, and in the way that when they don't, when they converge with with science, they would either live in, in perfect harmony or clash. And when science and religion clash, it is because the intermediary of those are men, are human beings. Because we cannot go past the notion of either or. True. True. <laughs> True. True. We are by nature binary. And we cannot go past the notion of either or. So, like, I am the kind of atheist that doesn't make make fun of, of people of faith until you start preaching to me. Like, once you start preaching to me and shit, I will tell you, no, you're a dumbass for believing what you believe. But I don't go around and go, ah, you're a dumbass. That's not, that's not my thing. But at the same time, it pisses me off when people tell me, well, if you don't believe what I believe, then you're going to die. You're going to burn in hell and shit. Fuck off. Because <laughs> yeah. now I'm going to start telling you some shit. And I think that was right. Yeah. right? Yeah. And he yeah. was like, believe what you will. And it, I'm, I'm actually one of those people that if, if, I'm, if I'm in a meeting, right, and they're like, okay, bow our heads and we're going to pray and shit, I'm not going to just keep my eyes open and start making faces and shit. Yeah, sure. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. What you're not going to ask me is, can you lead us in prayer? Because I'll be like, no, I don't believe in any of that bullshit. So sorry, <laughs> you know. What I mean? right, 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 right. There, I mean, there's, there's the the point of being respectful of somebody else's beliefs or non-beliefs, and and I think that's incredibly important in in society and and sadly lacking, you know, in the sense of uh, Christians telling people they're going to hell, for instance, for not believing the way that they believe. And I, I just think that 
<laughs> if we could all just get along, but you know what I mean? Like I, I there is, a, okay. I, I don't believe in what you believe, but I'm going to be respectful of the fact that this is something that is important to you. I mean, you can say it as like, you know, okay, you like the color yellow and you're going to paint your whole house yellow. I think that's hideous, right? but it's not hurting me. <laughs> you're not telling me to paint my house yellow. So if it makes you happy, by all means. Yes. And, but, and, and that is an ideal scenario here, right? Yeah, but uh, that's never going to happen. So that's not, that's, <laughs> that's not the way this, that's not because, because, you know, you said it in a way that I agree, but slightly disagree in the sense that I actually don't have to respect what you believe in to respect you, right? Like my disagreement with what you believe is, it could be fundamental to, to what I think of you. But at the same time, I have to give you your resp the respect that I owe you as a human being. And when I have the opportunity to criticize your belief, that's when I have to show you respect. Because I think people, people tend to think that if you disagree with me and express it, then you're being disrespectful. And that's not the case at all. No, no, that's that's very true. I think I put that poorly. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my biggest problem with, with people is that they think once you criticize their opinions or their faith, you are being disrespectful. So which is when, you know, they tend to take things personal. Like right, right. Oh, once you insult what I believe in, then then we have a problem. No, we shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that, that people should be absolutely able to disagree with one another and, and, and all that stuff. That's, that's, that's whatever I said, obviously I didn't come out right. <laughs> no, and, no, because it's, it's not, it's not even because you said it, Judge, it's just because I think we definitely have a, a problem as a society in terms of discussing discussing ideas where we place more value on the ideas than we place on the relationships and in the interaction that exists between us, right? So like you, you see a lot of people who will have these huge arguments online. Right? And we cannot be friends online because you 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 disagree with, with with my thoughts. Well, one of the greatest things that you can do online is just scroll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can just keep right on going. And yeah, and over the years, they've made it even easier. Like there are people that I don't like what they write. I don't like what they what they express online. I mute their asses. Mm -hmm. I I can mute you. Like mm -hmm. I don't have to read what you post because why am I having this argument with you? You already a dumbass, <laughs> you know. And and there are only so many different ways I can tell you. You know, based on what you expressing right here, you are a dumbass, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, where we have a problem, where it becomes a problem, where I take it personal, is when. You think the world should be governed by what you believe in. 
Mm-hmm. That, my friend, is bullshit. And I'm and I'm not talking about. I'm specifically in this case talking about faith. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about anything else because we can come to an agreement in in what societal governments can be, right? But when you are telling me that you have to do things the way my God thinks is right, then I'm like, who the fuck is your God? Mm-hmm. You know, but this is a conversation for another day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. About this is a conversation for another day. Where I was going with that is, is that I think this show doesn't, doesn't advocate anything but rather it shows you the true colors of of faith and the, the the true colors of what it does to people and how you know the stories that we're capable of telling ourselves as long as we can intertwine it with faith yeah yeah you know? it's it's very easy to um lie to yourself and rationalize lots of actions to yourself, it's very easy to. Uh, what is it? What's the saying? We're all the the hero of our own story. So you know, yes. in the case of of Beverly, Beverly, she is absolutely the hero of her own story, and not just you know, the hero of her own story. But in, to her, she was saving a whole town, saving oh, yeah. <laughs> a whole oh, town. Yeah. So I. Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, I think that this series is, is, is definitely worth watching. And I, I enjoy the dialogues. I enjoy the performances, which I know we'll get into in a bit. And I do think that it, it opens up a few very interesting portals of, of questions that we could ask ourselves um, and talk with each other. I think it is a very thoughtful horror piece. Like I said, I just, I don't know why I got hung up on this, but I did. I got hung up on the idea of of the town not having any idea or understanding of of what vampirism is or what it could be. And not necessarily because and I I, I know that, you know, it's this isolated town and and that sort of thing. I feel like maybe if it had been set in the past a little bit, I could have forgiven that more since they had access to the internet and that kind of thing. I'm thinking too literally here essentially is what I'm trying to say, <laughs> but I, I, um, I, I felt like there was a little bit of, there was a missed opportunity there in that there could have been some conversations about the fact that I've been following this belief of the blood of Christ and the, the, the body of Christ. And it's actually vampirism, uh, you know, essentially a a disease, what we're going for. And I I felt like there could have been some, some more meat to those bones, some, 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 some more stuff could have been picked out of that, that I I thought would be interesting to, to kind of follow up on, but at the same time, you can't do everything. So, so, so here's, here's what I can tell you based on what you're saying, because you are making a lot of sense. You are approaching this from such a logical perspective that I can tell that you've never been involved in, deeply involved in religion. (laughs) 
fortunately for me, as 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 the <laughs> There's a saying that says that behind every atheist that there's a Bible that was entirely read. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's the case with me. And that's exactly the thing. Like you are, you are making such logical assumptions of the human mind, but the human minds that you are thinking about are human minds that have taken the time to question things to question their beliefs. But to most people who believe, to most people with a belief, it's, it's even sacrilegious to, to think about anything else. And when, when they dare to think about, question something, they fall on their knees and pray because their faith have been shattered. Right? Mm, okay. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I recommended a book to a friend of mine, and it is a book by my favorite author, uh, Jose Saramago. And this was the book to, with which he won his, his Nobel Prize of Literature at about 70 years old. Like, dude spent his entire life being a teacher. He retires, writes a book, and boom. <laughs> wins the the noble and the book's title is the gospel according to jesus christ and the gospel according to jesus christ presents a very irreverent recount of jesus's life a jesus who had doubts a jesus who had affairs a jesus who was like literally very resentful of his own fate in terms of like, why should I die for these dumbasses? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) 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 You're telling me that they have this life that is so good, yet I have to come out here and die for them. Fuck off. So, so that's the kind of story you get on the gospel according to Jesus Christ by Joseph Saramago. And I was explaining to my friend, so this is where, where it goes, right? You know, Jesus Jesus was a dude, a, a 33-something-year-old Jewish dude who had his bouts of doubts and egocentrism and, and all kind of shit. It's like, you know, I my faith is very important to me, so I appreciate the recommendation, but I wouldn't read that read that book. And I'm like, wow. So that to me shows more insecurity about your faith if you cannot even bring yourself to read something that that is slightly irreverent to 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 what you believe in yeah yeah because what are you it's 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 what what do you think is going to happen (laughs) why are you so afraid that you might start questioning things and so you the biggest fear the biggest fear for any religious person is to call to question the things that they've believed in. Because when you come to the realization that you've been swimming in bullshit for a long period of time in your life, you, you the disappointment is mostly about the time that you've wasted. And it's like, 
I refuse to believe that. I refuse to to admit that I've been wrong. And you and I know that's one of the one of the biggest problems in human beings is admitting shit, I've been wrong all this time. <laughs> That's like the, the number one failing, in, in my opinion, that we as humans have is to be able to go, you know what? I, I was wrong and I I really seriously was wrong. And for a long time. Yeah, for, for a, a long, long time. time and I was wrong. Well, I I, I also, I, I, I wanted to talk to you about this because I do not have a Catholic background and I know that, that you have a Catholic background. So that's that's a huge insight for me to to know that, to, to hear that, that. I'm thinking too logically. I'm not thinking in the sense of someone who is going to blindly follow faith and not be like, hold on a second. I've, I've, I, I read a book called Twilight that was sort of similar yeah, <laughs> to this, yeah. you know, I, so I, 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 I'm being silly about that part, but you, <laughs> you know, I, I, I appreciate that insight that that helps me. That makes more sense to me. And for the person who wrote it, it seems to me and that they must have had some sort of a Catholic upbringing themselves or background or a lot of knowledge or, or schooling or something, because that seems to me that they got the psyche of Catholicism. In, is in, that, if is you, that a good assessment? Yes, absolutely. In fact, every chapter, every episode had the, was a book and had the name of one of the biblical books, yes. and not only that, they had a moment in which they quoted and inserted a quote from yes. the scriptures right into that uh, episode, Yes, right? I, um, I have read the Bible, so. I'll <laughs> <laughs> a couple times. So, yeah. You know. So, I mean, yeah. So, I, th I thought that was, that was really cool. I thought that yeah. was, that was, uh, I, I really enjoyed the dialogue part of that. I liked, I liked that. I really, really liked that. So, I, I get, I understand it now that what you're saying is that the psyche of, of having any doubt would just be anathema. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, or logica a log logicality would be anathema. <laughs> let's talk about the cast. Okay, I'll shut up. I I like this cast, Jojo. I did too. I like this cast, and I think I had a couple of problems in the beginning because I was questioning some of the makeup in you know. Why do that? Why not cast somebody else? Yes, yeah. I was, I was too. And then, then it was revealed. It's like, oh, exactly, okay. <laughs> exactly. Then, that's then, why then, you did that. <laughs> yeah. Then I realized, oh, right. So that's where we're going with this, right? Yeah. But who do you think overall was the standout actor or character for you in that? For me, the standout was Hamish Hamish Linklater, the priest, Father Father. Father, Father Paul? Paul. Father Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh. I found his performance very compelling and his deliverance of the many monologues and dialogues um, very compelling. And uh, he was really the main reason I stuck through it all the way through. Yeah. Because I yeah. think it was like the fourth episode or maybe the third where I was kind of like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> 
because it was dot hello, 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 you know, it was just, I, anyway, I'll shut up. It, it's, it's really slow moving. It is a, it, it it is a slow for burn. Episodes and after episode where nothing, absolutely nothing happens. And it's hard to follow a, a show like this. But again, you're right, man. Hamish Linklater, this is an actor that I've pretty much watched almost everything he's, he's been on. And when I texted you about him, I was like, my dude is so underrated because he can, the same way that you saw him delivering these monologues, he can deliver comedy, deliver comedy lines that you like, that will make you pee you pay. <laughs> you know, my first encounter with him was as, you know, Julia Lewis-Dreyfus' little brother on The New Adventures of Paul Christine. And he was absolutely funny. Funny, funny, funny as hell there. And then I've seen a couple of movies with him where he plays like a slightly villainous guy, then a douchey guy. Like this guy has the range of, you know, as as good as anybody else. But this right here, this character that he just played, this is one of those shows that almost nobody's going to like and Hollywood is going to jump on it and be the surprise in the next Golden Globe and the next Emmys. And she's like, yeah, they they got 25 Emmys. People was like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> if if I, I was actually thinking about that last night, that I felt <laughs> that he really deserves like an Emmy nomination or a Golden Globe or something, because I just, I found his performance incredibly compelling and incredibly... I don't know. I just, I, I really, really, really enjoyed his performance in this. Yeah. So Hamish Linklater definitely is, is the man here. Um, mm-hmm. Kate Siegel also is one of those, you know, leading ladies that I find always compelling. And I, I do feel like she's underrated. Like you'll always find her in little things like that. But, but um, I feel like she's so much more than that, isn't she? Yeah. She's a fantastic actress. Not because she was born on August 9. It was, you know, you know, I mean, it should tell you something. It you should, know what I'm saying? It should, it should definitely tell you it something. Should, it should tell you something. Because, you know, she shares a birthday with Graham. And whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that, right? So she's been on, on a lot of things, Castle, Ghost Whisper, Numbers, and of course she is an alum of of the author of this series. She's been in the Haunting of the Something Hill, uh, Haunting of Hill House, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she is a, an alum of of uh, Mike Flanagan, basically because she's married to him too. Uh, that that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honey, that'll you want a job? <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely do it too, right? Um, what do you know about the guy that played Joe Cullen, um, Robert Longstreet? I I don't know anything about him. I liked the character. I like this character. I liked the character a lot, but I don't know anything about the actor that plays him. Very troubled character, very pained. Uh, really, really somebody hurting a lot. He he does not have a huge bio on IMDb. 
right? Um, yeah, he he seems like maybe he's one of, of of that guys, you know, or one of those that guys. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but I th- I thought that he was his name's Robert Robert Longstreet, and I thought that the character of of Joe Colley was you know was a, an important character to the yes. not only to the plot but I think to the the sort of heart and soul of the show. Yes. And uh, uh, he the the actor was. Very, I, I believed him as as yeah. Joe Colley. I believed that, him. That that scene where, where his dog died it was uh, terrible. That was so heartbreaking. That was terrible. Yeah, yeah. it was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At one point, at one point, my uh, my husband walked by and he's like, "How's it going?" Because yeah, he had some other stuff to do, and I'm like, "They just killed the dog." <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> oh man, they just killed the dog. How dare they? <laughs> I, I feel like this kid Zach Guilford, who played Riley Flynn, is slowly turning into that guy. That guy from that thing. That guy from that thing. His yes. face is turning into because, like, as soon as you see him, you're like, "Wait, wait, that's that guy who um." Yeah, yeah, that that guy. Yeah, yo, like Friday nights, Friday night lights, and and whatever. But like, he's been after that. He's been on so many other things. I know, I know. He's he's kind of got that kind of a face, if that makes sense. The sort of the like boy next door who kind of might have a bit of an edge face. Yes, that, yeah, that makes sense. You know, sort yes. of sort of wholesome, but at the same time, there's this dark. Under thing, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Like, yeah, uh, don't believe him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't believe him. Yeah. And you had uh, Samantha Sloyan, yeah, killed it as Beverly Keen. Oh, she's so good. She's <laughs> so good in this. She's so good. She and 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 Hamish, I thought, were just. Fabulous to me. Like she, she deserves some kind of a nomination or award or something for this too, because she's just her dialogues were absolutely fabulous, and the way she put them out, yes, uh, you know the the way she stacked them up, it was almost watching a, a a a blues artist doing a solo. It was that good. The way when she posed, that pose was perfect. When she interrupted, and it was an interruption that was so subtle. And she had a thing for interrupting. Whenever she felt like she was losing an argument, she would interrupt and just go deep, like with a Hail Mary type of argument that would change opinions in a matter of seconds. Yes. That is a skill. That I absolutely loved. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Yes, yes. And she is so, well, as you said, I mean, to me, I think she really nailed the body language of a zealot. Yes. And she's so smart. She's so smart, like intuitive and smart. And there is not a bit of her that is, is not equal to the task of, of anybody there. I mean, she, she if she could have 
had, you know, if she'd had one more thing go her way, she would have be ruling the world right now. She's, <laughs> she's fabulous in this, yes. in this, she's, it's a great character. The character is great, very strong female character. And it, she, the actress is, is phenomenal in the part. Yes. She uh, was on Grey's Anatomy. Uh, she's an alumn of Grey, Grey's Anatomy. And I know that she was also absolutely fantastic on Grey's, even though I stopped watching Grey's Anatomy on the, like around the third season. Um, it's been, what, 475 seasons now? I, I think something along those lines. I don't think it's ever not been on the air. <laughs> we can't remember a time without Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I mean, just, what's your name? Meredith it went from looking like a fine young white woman to looking like Martha Stewart. So, <laughs> I just, yeah, dope. Um, What do you think of the two Rahul, both father and son, uh, Sheriff Hassan and Ali Hassan? Uh, they're both named Rahul. <laughs> Rahul, <laughs> Rahul Aburi is Ali Hassan, the son, and Rahul uh, Kohli is Sheriff Hassan, an English dude doing his thing as... As, as American. Yeah. On your show. Yeah. I, I thought they were good. I, I thought they, I thought that, uh, Roel Cooley was, was good. He, uh, he, you know, the, there's the scene where he talks about not even carrying a gun. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, I thought, I thought he was, he was very, very good. I, I enjoyed his performance. Yeah. That's the, that's the, the, the meat and potato of the show is on the dialogues, is in yes. the dialogues. Yes. You have to pay attention. You have to be able to follow. And I think, again, that is the problem with people, is that we're more worried about what we're going to say when somebody's talking as opposed to listening to what they have to say. And so that 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 throws <laughs> that throws off a lot of people watching, watching films and, and series like that because... Why are they talking so much? Do something, you know. What I mean? <laughs> right. It's time but, for an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, yeah. it's time for somebody to blow up. <laughs> I, Mildred I Gunning. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I was I was going to say I like Annabeth Gish as the the doctor, the character of the doctor. Yes. I thought that she gave a a really beautiful performance as the i guess voice of reason or the voice of science yes yes and i i liked the actress very much i thought she had a very non-typical hollywood look if that makes mm -hmm. sense mm -hmm. and i i liked her story arc i i i liked her interactions with yes. her mother and I liked what happened at the end with her. I, I enjoyed her story arc and I, I think the actress was very good in that, in that role too. Incredibly compelling uh, uh, character. Um, very colorful without being too colorful, if you will. Yes. Uh, Dr. Sarah, Dr. Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was a point where her mother was more fine than she is, but Hey, that's, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> Mama got so fine. I was like, yo, dang. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So Christine Lemon, Canadian actress, that um, she played Annie Flynn, 
the mother. Yes. She wasn't makeup heavy, but you could tell that she was playing a, a, an age that she wasn't. Like she was yeah. so much younger than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was one of those things too, where I'm like, what? why are they doing? I don't understand. But yeah. when they, well, then it made sense. It's like, oh, okay. Neat. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't find the bio for the young lady who played Little Scarborough. Lisa, Lisa Scarborough. Um, you can't find her anywhere. Anarath Simone. Okay. Damn, you're fine. You're um, she's only, this is her first year acting. I mean, I'm sure she's been acting, but she was in Caged, the second season of Caged. She's been in Midnight Mass, and she's going to be in something called The Midnight Club, which is not released yet. So two midnights in, in just a few years of acting. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. So, yeah, Jojo, let's, uh, let's go back to rating this show. And I, I know that you've been very generous lately with your stars. <laughs> but what say you, Jojo? <laughs> um, I, think, I think it gets a solid three stars. Yeah? Yeah, I think I thought a solid three. For, for the dialogue and the performances. And uh, yeah, good good three stars. Um, I'll take three stars. I thought you were going to go one and a half, but like I said. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I did not hate the show. I just had problems suspending belief. But just t- talking about it, I, I, it makes more sense. Yes. Right. So we're going to get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you. Remember, you can follow us. I mean, the first thing we're going to ask you to do is, of course, to recommend this show and rate us by writing a review on any app, wherever you listen to the show. Uh, if you are watching us on YouTube, then please go ahead and subscribe so that you can stay abreast to other episodes that will be put up, right? That's right. And what else I was going to say, Jojo? Uh, follow us on social media. Follow us on social media. We're there, kick it and stream in podcast.com. Go to our website and you'll see. Boom. We're going to go out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for watching. <laughs> see you next time, I should say, right, Jojo? That's right. Bye, Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.